just waiting for those doors to shut. We can all sit in awkward silence. No, I'm just kidding. Good morning, church. How are you guys doing? Can you, can you reach out to somebody next to you? I know it feels like it's been a very friendly morning already, but can you reach out to somebody? Say hi to somebody. Come on. Say God bless you. Would you stand up with me? I'm going to pray, and we're going to start with some music. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are here. Lord, and I, I ask that we would be aware of your presence. Lord, we'd be aware um, that you are here and that you want to encounter us. Help us to get rid of all the stuff that's distracting, that's pulling at our hearts, at our attention. Lord, we want to focus on you. In Jesus' name, amen. sin and shame and they were like prisons that stood in a way but he came and he died and he rose those walls are rubble now remember those giants we called death and grave and they were like that stood in a way, but he came, and he died, and he rose, those giants are dead now, and this is our God, this is who he is, he loves us, and this is our God, this is what he saves us, he bore the cross, beat the grave, our God, King Jesus. Remember that fear that took our breath away, a faith so weak that we could barely pray, but we heard every word, every whisper. And now those altars in the wilderness, they tell a story of his faithfulness. Never once did he fail, and he never will. Cause this is our God, this is who he is, he loves us. And this is our God, this is what he Who paid for all of our sins? 
Oh 
And I know your thoughts, your plans for me are good. And I know you hold my future and my hope. Your promises, your promises never fail. Your promises never fail. Your promises never
Gracious Heavenly Father, we want to elevate you this afternoon or this morning. We want the world to know that you are our Savior, that you make a difference in our lives, that you change things, that you're here for us, that you want to hear from us today. Father, as we prepare for your word, um, I ask that you be with those who faithfully support this ministry through their tithes and offerings. I just pray that you bless them in ways that freaks them out. Just, just mess them up. Just let them trust you and, and, and do so much for them that they don't know what to do with themselves. But give you more praise and more honor and more glory. Encourage our hearts today, Lord God, as we love you and serve you today. In Jesus we pray and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Y'all may be seated and kids, you may be dismissed. I screwed up the worship team. Um, by having them do four songs in a row, they normally do three and I do the offering and then we go into the fourth. So that little awkward pause was my fault. But I've got one more thing I gotta repent of. Where's uh, Christine Goches? Christine, I need you to come up here. Every week, I send Christine a little blurb about what I'm going to speak on. And last week, I mocked her because I messed with her, and then she didn't fill it out right. But this week, she filled it out perfectly, and I'm not preaching on what I said that I sent her. So I need to ask your forgiveness. Do you forgive me for being such a sinner? So I love you. See, it works both ways. Just so you know. Thank you, Christine. Give her a hand. It's somebody's fault in the room. I wrote three messages this week. Three. Three things I thought I heard from God. And the one that I, I came with today is even, not even, all put together. So we're going to see what happens today. Oh yeah, you say amen. That's easy for you to say. I've got to figure out what to say without stuttering and stammering. Acts chapter 10. It's not going to be on the wall today just because we're just going to stay in Acts chapter 10. So if you want to open your Bibles or look on your phone and ignore the texts that come through and stop looking at the game. Is there a game on today? Is it on? Oh, it's not on yet. Okay, well, never mind. You can watch last week's game after the service. We were in a series called No Other Way, and uh, it's been about obeying, trusting and obeying God. And I hope it's been an encouragement to you. The, the problem with trusting and obeying God is we have a tendency to want to change what God says to fit our, fit our life. We, we kind of murmur about what God asks us to do sometimes, and sometimes we manipulate what God says so it fits into our lifestyle a little bit better. And, and I can't remember the other sermon that was in it. And so today... Um, Today, I'm not sure what's going to happen. But can we do this? Can we um, just pray for a moment? Because I know that I've heard from God, but I don't know how to get it from here to here. So let, let's pray. Father, I know you didn't give me a sermon. 
and I know that you didn't give me a message. I feel like you've given me a moment. And I don't know what to do with that moment because it's very uncomfortable to not just get up here and tell people what I've already prepared all week long. But I believe that you've been working in the hearts of people all week. Not just in this room, but in this community. And Father, I need to try to figure out how to explain to them what your word is teaching in a way that helps them. And Father, if what we come up with today actually doesn't make a difference today, my prayer is that it makes a difference at some point in time in the life of the people that are here. More than that, I want the community, Clatsop County especially, to know that you are available to them and that you are open to their cries and you're waiting to hear from them today. And I hope we hear from you as well. In Jesus we pray and all God's people said. Now I gotta get up. Joey was telling me that he saw a picture of me the other day and forgot that I never, I, I, that I used to not have gray hair. <laughs> Which made me feel better because Ver, Verlin and Sharon just celebrated 64 years of marriage. I was four years away from being born when they got married. They're old. And they're good people. Yeah, give them a hand. Our theme for the year is Jesus is the hero of our story. And Verlin and Sharon actually met Jesus. They've been around, they've been around so long. So, just, so when I say he's the hero of their story, he's really the hero of their story. Well, if anything, he came to church to get a laugh, and then we'll see what, see what happens from there. Our next series, starting next week, is a relationship series out of the Song of Solomon. I promise you that it's, it's um, encouraging. If you're not with somebody, this will help you to find that someone. If you are with somebody, it'll help you straighten out what's wrong with your relationship, if there's something wrong with it. But that's next week, Song of Solomon. I feel like it's time for God's people to act upon their faith. Amen. So the thought is after the four-week relationship series, we'll go into a series on the book of Acts, but I'm not sure about that yet. So I took a passage that jumped out at me this week in Acts chapter 10, and I'm gonna, if, if I'm gonna do a series in Acts, then we're gonna do everything but skip, act, we're gonna skip Acts 10 because I'm gonna do it today. I'm gonna get ahead of the game. There are many acts of faith that prove or provide evidence of trust and obedience. And there's one that I believe is the most neglected but the most necessary to prove that you really believe in God. And it is prayer. One of the most 
basic of Christian acts is one of the most neglected. Some of you will spend hours in the word and seconds in prayer. Some of you will spend hours listening to podcasts and videos and moments in prayer. But I want to show you from the book of Acts what happens when we pray. Acts chapter 10 and verse 1. And just so you know, my notes are not in order. I have no idea what we're going to do. We're going to try to piece this together. So Acts chapter 10 verse 1. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion of what was known as the Italian cohort, a devout man man who feared God with all his household and gave alms generously to the people and prayed continually to God. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly a vision of an angel of God come in and say to him, Cornelius, And he stared at him with terror and said, What is it, Lord? And he said to him, Your prayers and your alms have ascended as a memorial before God. And now send men to Joppa to bring one Simon who is called Peter. He is lodging with one Simon, a tanner, whose house is by the sea. This is important. When the angel who spoke to him had departed, he called two of his servants and a devout soldier from among them. those who attended him, and having related everything to them, he sent them to Joppa. Do you get the picture? He's a Roman soldier. He's not a Jew. He's praying to God. He's giving generously to people. He's helping the poor. He's a good man. And he's praying something to God over and over and over again. And the angel comes to him and says, God has heard Your prayers. And then he tells them what to do. Verse 9 says, The next day as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the housetop about the sixth hour to pray. In this story, you need to recognize that two lives are about to become brought together by the act of prayer. They're going to become intersected by prayer. Acts 10.10. Speaking of Peter, as he got ready to pray, he became hungry. Have you ever done that? I do it all the time. Like I'll sit down to pray and then my stomach growls. And it wins every time. At least I'm being honest. Amen. And he wanted something to eat, but while they were preparing it, he fell into a trance. And saw the heavens opened and something like a great sheet descending and let down by the four corners upon the earth. In it were all kinds of animals and reptiles and birds of the air. And there came a voice to him saying, Peter, rise, kill and eat. But Peter said, by no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. You know, Peter is good about saying no to God. (laughs) Don't be that way. And a voice came to him again a second time. And he said, what God has made clean, do not call common. This happened three times and the thing was taken up at once to heaven. So Peter goes to pray. And he gets this vision 
of the sheep being lowered down and clean and unclean animals in it and God saying, rise, kill, and eat because they're clean to you now. Peter says, no, no, I've still got my, my religion. I've still got my, my Judaism. I, I can't eat these unclean things. I've never eaten, I, I've never eaten pork. Could you imagine? Amen. No bacon. Ever. And God says, I'll give you bacon. And Peter says, no, I'll never eat bacon. And then he eats bacon. And Peter got happy. Doesn't say that. I'm just kind of imagining that's what would have happened. And this happened three times because God's trying to teach him something that he's struggling with. Have you ever done that with your kids? Sometimes you got to say it three times. Take out the garbage. Take out the garbage. Take out the garbage! Just to get their attention. And yours this morning. Now Peter was inwardly perplexed. Verse something, I can't see the number. As to what the vision he had seen might mean. Because he didn't understand it. When you're praying, sometimes you don't understand everything that God's saying to you. He's telling you something, but you haven't got it figured out yet because the next step hasn't come yet. Behold, the men sent by Cornelius, having made inquiry for Simon's house, stood at the gate and called out to ask whether Simon, who was called Peter, was lodging there. And while Peter was pondering the vision, the spirit said to him, Behold, three men are looking for you. Rise and go down and accompany them without hesitation, for I have sent them. I've sent some men to you, Peter, and I want you to follow them where they're going. Just go with them. Don't argue. Don't fight it. Don't complain. You ever do that when God tells you to do something? You just kind of argue about it? See, Cornelius was praying, and God started moving. And then Peter started praying, and God was now answering. Can I just say something? Whatever you've prayed for, God's probably already got moving in position to do what you need him to do. You just don't know where it's coming from. So Peter opened his mouth, verse 34. I'm skipping all the way to 34. Or should I? I got to put my glasses on because I'm old. <laughs> now let's read it a little bit. Let's read 20. Rise and go down and accompany them without hesitation, for I have sent them. And Peter went down with the men and said, I'm the one you're looking for. What is the reason you're, of your coming? And they said, Cornelius, a centurion, an upright man, uh, an upright and God-fearing man, who is well spoken of by the whole Jewish nation, was directed by the holy angel to send for you to, to come to the house and to hear what you have for us to say. So he invited them in to be his guests. So he invited them in to be his guests. So they explain why they're coming. And Peter starts to make sense of what God has been saying. Let's see where I'm going to read next. Let's see.
Let's skip down to verse 28. He said, you yourselves know that it's unlawful for a Jew to associate with or, or visit with anyone of any other nation. But God has shown me that I, that I should not call any person common or unclean. So when I sent so when I was sent for, I came without objection. I asked then why you sent for me. And skip down to verse 34. And said, truly I attention to people who might, might even be far from God, but they are good people. As for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. He starts preaching the gospel. This is the, the gospel message that Peter is preaching. As for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. You yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism of John, that John proclaimed. How God, and this is the gospel, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. And we are witnesses of all that he did in both the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on, the tree, on a tree. But God raised him on the third day and made him to appear. Not to all people, but to us who have been chosen by God as witnesses who ate and drank with him. And he arose from the dead. And he arose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that the one appointed by God to be the judge of the living and the dead, just to help you out. It is our job to follow the commandment of God to preach that Jesus Christ died to save sinners. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to be judge over the living and the dead. To him, all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Peter's message was simple. That God notices when you're trying to be a better person. And you may not understand how to be a saved person, but you understand you want to be a better person. And the good news is peace through Jesus Christ, meaning that Cornelius was struggling with peace. Those of you that know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you know you've got a peace that passes all understanding. And you know it's different. You know that when you trusted Christ to be your Savior, your life changed just from the peace that you got from knowing that your sins are forgiven. No more shame, no more guilt, no more doubt, no more discouragement. Just peace. Peace. We know how Jesus was anointed by God with the Holy Spirit and power. There was something different about Jesus Christ than anyone else who has ever come on onto the planet. This was evidenced by his goodness in healing those oppressed by the devil, proving that God was with him. Jesus makes a difference. Jesus makes a difference in our lives. We can testify of the difference that Jesus Christ has made in our lives. We know what Jesus did and we've been impacted by him personally. Many of us. 
Jesus Christ is truly the hero of our story. I did not save myself. Jesus saved me. My good works can't save me, but his good works did. We know he was put to death. We know he had to hang on the cross to pay for our sins. We know God raised him up on the third day. And we know he's alive, sitting at the right hand of the throne of God in heaven. And he commanded us to preach to the people to testify that Jesus is the judge of the living and the dead. And the Bible teaches that everyone who believes in Jesus Christ receives the forgiveness of sins through his name. And verse 44 says, and while Peter was still saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all those who heard the word. And the believers from among the circumcised who had come with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out on even on the Gentiles. Even the Gentiles could get saved. This is the Pentecost of the Gentiles. Pentecost for the Jews happened in Acts chapter 2. Pentecost for the Gentiles happened in Acts chapter 10. Prayer brought two very different men together in a way that never should have happened. And it changed both of their lives. It's the foundation, prayer is, of faith. And in my humble opinion, it is the greatest evidence whether we truly trust and obey if we pray. How many of you are going through something right now and you really haven't prayed about it? You really haven't brought it to God. You haven't gotten, because you think you can handle it on your own. You think you can take care of it. You think you've got this. Let's think about your past. How many things have you handled on your own and just screwed them up even worse? Instead of just trusting that God could do it for you. But you won't pray. This is my Italian. It has nothing to do with See, do you realize that prayer provides direction that opens your world up to things that you never imagined you would see or do? If Cornelius doesn't pray, he never meets Peter. If Peter never prays, he never meets Cornelius. If they don't pray, they never meet each other. If they never meet each other, Peter never gets saved. Uh, Cornelius never gets saved and Peter never gets to experience somebody getting saved especially Gentiles who they thought were horrible people prayer provides direction that opens our world up to places that we never thought we'd go Acts 10.5 I just want to give you just a little thought here send men to Joppa God's providing direction. Send men to Joppa. Not to Jerusalem, to Joppa. Bring one Simon who is called Peter. Be careful of the other one because he's living with a guy named Simon and he's a tanner. He's the wrong guy. Don't bring him. Bring the guy that I sent you to bring. His house is by the sea. 
Do you realize how clear that is, that explanation is? God wanted him to find the right Peter in the right place. And God provided through prayer the direction to find him. This is huge. Have you ever thought that God would provide direction for your life just by prayer? Go here, do this. Meet this person. See, I thought about this. Prayer takes you places you never would have gone without prayer. There's a reason why your world is so small because you don't pray for God to make it bigger. Prayer introduces you to people that you never would have met. He never would have met Peter because Peter would never have been around Cornelius. He was a Roman soldier and a Gentile. And Peter was a racist. Never would have met him without prayer. And it gives you opportunity that you never would have had. Cornelius wouldn't have had the opportunity to get saved. Peter never would have had the opportunity to see him get saved. Are you with me? That happened by prayer. Years ago. Long, long time ago. Long time ago. Deborah and I were pastoring a, a prison ministry. My worship leader had been in prison. And now he was released, so he became my worship leader. Amen. Two of my deacons had felonies. Spent time in jail. We were pastoring a really bunch of messed up people. Some of you are still here. <laughs> and so we decided to just pray. We prayed a simple prayer. We got together and we said, God, give us one normal family. Just one normal family where the husband loves the wife and the wife loves the husband and they don't fight and they've got good kids and they don't need counseling or mental health help. They're just normal people. Just one. You laugh. It took a long time. God sent us one family. Their names are Tim and Misty Guest. They are our best friends to this day. They live in Bend, Oregon. Amazing people. And we thought that was the normal family. And they must not have any other baggage. One Sunday, Misty's dad started coming to church. And he was a wild man. Just think, guy raised in this area with a bad reputation. His name was Dale McGinnis. I can say his name because he's in heaven right now. Amen. Dale was rough. But he would come to church and he would sit right over here and he would pay attention to everything that I said. And I tried to share the gospel with him numerous times and he wouldn't trust Christ as his savior. I had no idea why. It made no sense to me. And he just kept coming. And I preached much harder when I was younger than I do now that I'm older because it's just, it's too much work. But he just kept coming back and coming back. But he would not trust Christ as his savior. One day he noticed that Deborah was having problems breathing. And so he asked her about it. And she said she's got allergy problems. And so he offered us his vacation rental home in Arizona for three weeks. 
and gave us money to go. Three days being there, Deborah Jane, her lungs cleared up and she was feeling good and she never wanted to leave, but we had to come back here because this is where God's called us to, not Arizona. But Dale noticed that and did something about it. Unsaved man. Dale then, I don't know, it was a couple, three years after that, Dale noticed Deborah was sick again and he stopped by the house. That we, the church couldn't afford to pay our wages so we were living in this dump behind the church. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't the church's fault, it's just that's what happens with churches sometimes. We're living in this dump and Dale came up to the house and I've shared the story numerous times but he knocked on the door and we opened the door and he stepped back and I didn't realize that the mold was so strong in the house because I was living in it. The mold was so strong in the house that it boiled out and he just could tell something was wrong. So he walked away. He said, I'll come back and talk to you later. The next week he came back to the house and said, I know you've got a piece of property. I will build you a house. You pay for it, but I'll build you a house. And he organized the financing for us and he got the plans for us and he did the work on the house. And no matter what, experience I had with him, he never would trust Christ as a savior. And one day we came up to the house, it was probably what, 10, 11 o'clock at night as we were building it and he was doing the kitchen floor. And we walked in and he was laying on the floor just holding his head. And I said, Dale, are you okay? He said, I got this massive headache. Well, he went to the doctor and found out that he had brain cancer had just a little bit of time left to live. He finished building my house because he wanted us in before Christmas. He was more concerned about getting us in before, getting Deborah in the house before Christmas than he was about his own headaches that he just couldn't get away from. I kept talking to him about Jesus. I kept talking to him about Jesus and he just would not trust Christ as his savior. I went over to visit him several times and one time I went to visit him and I've shared this story too. Uh, there's a friend of his that I knew that was walking away holding his eye and I said to Dale, what's going on with your friend? He says, I just punched him in the face. <laughs> That's the kind of guy Dale was. Don't mess with him. He'll punch you in the face. He'll love you to death but then punch you. I mean, just that's just kind of who he was. I went over there week after week after week and some he got to the place where his brain cancer got to the point to where some days he was really on and some days he was really off. And I found him on a, on a great day. It was very clear. And I started to share the gospel with him again. And Dale said, I just don't believe that I'm worthy of it. Well, at least I got an angle to go from there and say, none of us are worthy of it. And I showed him what the scripture said about it. And, and I got to watch him Call upon Jesus. Ask Jesus to forgive him of his sins. And in that moment, he was born again. About a month later, Dale passed away. Got to go to heaven. Got a brand new Harley in the garage. <laughs> Not a Honda. Dale wouldn't be caught dead on a Honda. Well, he'd be in heaven, so... If Deborah and I wouldn't have prayed that prayer, God, give us one normal family. I never would have met Dale McGinnis. 
there is nobody outside of my father and my brother Dave who have influenced me more than him about being a man, about how to take care of people, how to be a good man even though you're not perfect. I would never have met Dale and Dale never would have met me and I'm not saying this braggadociously. I just don't believe that Dale would have received Christ from, from some fairy pastor <laughs> who quotes scripture all the time and just says, you're okay. God loves you. God loves you. I was more biker than I was anything. I never would have met Dale. Dale may have never been born again. If it wasn't for prayer. See, Dale didn't know what his, what his next steps were to be born again. He didn't think he was worthy of those next steps. But prayer brought us together. This biblical moment never would have happened without both men's prayers. And so I didn't say this about Dale, but I want to share this. Because Dale told me, I've asked God to save me. And I don't think he can. And it took years of prayer and conversation with Dale for him to trust Christ. But if Dale wouldn't have prayed, I don't believe God would have sent me Tim and Misty. I would have gotten one of you other perfect families. <laughs> Because the church is so wonderful now. We were from different races and came from different places. But what brought us together is the same thing that brought Cornelius and Peter together was prayer. One night years ago, we were fasting and praying for the week. And at the end of the week, on a Friday night, we would get together and we would pray for souls. And then on Saturday morning, we would go to the pig and pancake and break our fast. We're not very smart. Don't, don't fast for several days and then break your fast at the pig and pancake. Not healthy. <laughs> not, not smart. I was sick for weeks. But we were praying. And I remember being at the altar and, and praying for souls. And I heard this disturbance in the force. And there was this noise that was going on that shouldn't have been going on because we were supposed to be praying in the front and there was this noise in the back. So being the dutiful pastor that I am, I got up to go shut people up. And I turned around and realized that 25 Mexican men walked in that door and sat in the chairs. They had been walking by and they had been talking about who God was and they had been talking about what salvation is and they've been talking about who Jesus was and they didn't understand who it was and they walked by a church and saw the church doors were open so they came in and they sat down in the back while we were praying for souls. They interrupted us. I know, rude. And I couldn't speak a lick of Spanish and they couldn't speak a lick of English. But we had one lady in the church named Esther 
who came back to help me. And she interpreted the gospel as I shared the gospel with them. And 25 of those men got saved. If we wouldn't have prayed, we wouldn't have been here. If we wouldn't have been here, they wouldn't have been able to come in here to hear the word of God. One of those men was a gang member who got saved and ended up becoming a pastor. He came back a few years later and he came on a Sunday where we had a missionary who was going to Mexico. And the missionary said to the church, he said, I need $8,000 a month to go to Mexico and win people to Christ. And it offended the, the, the Mexican pastor because he said, I can do it for 500. <laughs> Never would have happened. Never would have happened. Never would have happened without prayer. See, prayer changes things. Cornelius was a good man, but not a saved man. Peter was a good Christian, but not an all-inclusive Christian. But both were changed by prayer. The men that Peter was with got changed by prayer. You want to know how to change a church? Pray. Pray. You want to know how to change your life? Pray. Dale got saved because of prayer. 25 Mexican men got saved because of prayer. And by the way, I'm not being racist. They were truly from Mexico. And now they're from heaven. Amen. Peter was a racist from birth and he realized that anyone could be saved and he begins preaching the gospel of salvation to Cornelius. Cornelius was a Roman but a good man and he became a God man when he confessed Jesus to be a savior. Prayer changes you and it changes the people around you. So I don't know what's going on in your marriage right now, but I'm going to tell you something. Prayer will change your marriage. I don't know what's going on with your kids right now, but prayer will change your kids. I'm standing in this pulpit because I had a dad that prayed. Prayed for me. Out of all of his kids, he knew I was the most messed up. You think it's funny. I have three, there's three brothers that were pastors. And I remember him talking about my brother Jim and how he loved the way that Jim preached. And he talked about my brother Dick and how smart my brother Dick was. And then he didn't talk about me at all. Because there was nothing positive that he could say. He loved me, don't get me wrong. But, but I was not Jim and I was not Dick. But I wouldn't have been any of it if it wasn't for his prayers. See, without prayer, Cornelius is just another Roman. And Peter's just another pastor. But with prayer, the Roman becomes more than religious, he becomes righteous through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And with prayer, Peter became more than just a member of a church, he became a missionary. Can I tell you something about you? If you're not born again, if you have not trusted Christ to be your savior, you don't have to be religious. You can be made righteous in the eyes of God through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And if you're just a member who just attends church once in a while, let me just challenge you. Start praying 
That God would bring somebody into your life that you get to share the gospel with. Well, I don't know if I want that. Why wouldn't you? You might be the exact person God sent to that person to save them from their sins through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Not through your work, but through his work. You're to preach the gospel. Prayer changes things. See, putting this all together, and I had, I've got so much more. I, I took out point two, which you're going to say, what is it? I'm not going to tell you because it's not worth putting in there. If it ain't worth preaching, it ain't worth talking about. But it makes me wonder how many people out there are crying out to God to help them this week. But because we're not corresponding with prayer, there's no connection being made. Somebody out there is praying for God to help them and God's waiting for the corresponding prayer to come from the church. But you've been too busy to pray. You've been too preoccupied with your things to pray. I wonder if there's somebody out there that's praying, that's saying to God, I'm going to kill myself if I don't find a, a, a way out. And we're not corresponding in prayer saying, God, send me somebody who wants to commit suicide because I want to show them the gospel of Jesus Christ, how their sins can be forgiven. But we don't pray. I hate it when I cut up a message like this. Hate's a strong word, sorry. Dislike it greatly. <laughs> See, it makes me wonder. If Cornelius never prayed and was just a good man who had a belief in God but not faith in Jesus Christ, who was good to his community, if he never would have prayed, would he have ever believed the angel saying, go to this specific place and find this specific guy? See, some of you don't understand. You thought you chose this church. But you prayed and said, God, what do I do? And God said, I'm going to send you to this crazy pastor <laughs> who's old and crippled and broken. And he screws up his sermons. They're not pretty and flowery. And he likes Harleys. There's something wrong with him. but I'm going to send you to that guy. Well, I want a teacher. God says, nope, you're going to get this guy. He's a preacher. I'm not bragging. I'm just saying that you're probably not getting what you wanted, but you're probably getting what you needed. James says, we have not because we ask not because we ask amiss. So you've been looking for something that God's been sending you to, but you're not paying attention to what God, where God sent you. There's another point here that I can't find in my notes. Someone's been praying for direction in this church, and God told you to come to church this morning, and you believed the voice of the angel. And when you believed the voice of the angel, he led you here. Well, all you said to do is pray. You ask God for direction, what he's telling you to do is call upon him. Pray. If Peter never would have prayed, would he, would he have ever opened the door to the strangers who came seeking salvation? 
Do you know, every week I pray for everyone who attends this, this church that I can think of by face because I can't really think of all names. I'm an old man. But I think of you by face and where you sit. So when you move to other places, you screw me up. <laughs> so somebody else where you sat last week is getting your blessing this week. Some of you will never experience somebody trusting Christ as their Savior because you'll never open the door. You'll never open the door. They're knocking, saying, Help me. Let me in. I want to be a Christian. I want to follow Jesus. I want to know that my sins have been forgiven. I want to trust Christ as my Savior, but you won't open the door. Without prayer, some of you will never be saved. Without prayer, some of you will never see people get saved. I believe that with all my heart. Say, well, I'm not gifted as an evangelist. You don't have to have the gift of evangelism to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. You've just got to share what Jesus did for you. And if what Jesus did for you isn't enough for you to share with people, Jesus didn't do nothing for you. Could you imagine standing before the righteous judge, Jesus, and saying, but I was a good centurion, I was a good Roman, and I was good to people. And he says to you, but depart from me, you that work iniquity, I never knew you. Could you imagine getting to heaven and saying, I've done all these great things, and God saying, but you never knew me. You never called upon me to save you because you wouldn't pray for God to show you somebody who will show you who Jesus is. And some of you are going to say, well, I don't know how to share the gospel. Can I just help you with something? I didn't, wasn't born and just came out of the womb and thought, oh, I'm going to share Jesus with people. I remember praying to God. I can't talk to people. I can't talk to people. I told someone this morning, I, I barely know English. <laughs> and it's my chosen language. And I prayed and he said, I'll give you the words. Well, I don't know what to say. He'll give you the words. The problem is you won't pray. I remember telling God, but I don't like people. <laughs> My wife's laughing because she knows that's really true. I mean, I love y'all. But regular people? Romans? I don't like people. God says, pray and I'll give you my heart and you'll love people. The reason you don't like him is because you don't have his heart. I remember telling the Lord, I don't know enough. He says, start praying to me and you'll know that me and that's enough. I remember telling the Lord, it's not for me. It's, this isn't for me. This is for Pat. This is for Steph. This is for Carrie. 
It's not for me. And he said, I know it's not for you. It's for me. It's for Jesus. See, your excuses are the evidence of your disobedience. Because you just obviously aren't praying. Because God, if, if you don't know Christ as your Savior, God wants to save you today. And you've been praying, God, I don't understand it. And God says, well, just go see this guy at New Life Church. He's whacked out. <laughs> but sit down with him and he'll show you who Jesus is. And you can trust Christ as your Savior. And this, we can be all done with this. We can move forward with your life. And some of you as Christians, you know you should be sharing the gospel, but you don't. Because you're so busy about your own personal Bible study that you don't realize what the Bible is written for is to show the story of Jesus Christ, how he came to die for sinners. So I don't care how much Bible knowledge you have. If you're not sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, it's a waste of energy. What happens when that guy God enters, randomly enters, puts in your life? He, some guy randomly enters your life. You've never met him before. But you're sitting next to him in church this morning. Does he know Christ is his savior? Well, I try not to get that close to people. <laughs> sure glad Jesus got close to you. Does it matter that that man or woman's sins might not be forgiven? What's God saying to you right now about that person? Well, I just chose this spot because it seemed like the safest one. Maybe it's the one that God sent you to because you've been asking him for more. And he sent you more. And it's the person sitting next to you. But you don't know nothing about that person because you haven't spent the time with him to talk to him to find out where they're at with God. What's God saying to you right now about the guy that, or the, the gal, guy and gal, I don't know where I'm getting those words from. The person that just randomly has come into your life. And they're asking you questions about God. And you say, well, I don't have all the answers. You don't need all the answers. You just need one. His name is Jesus. But that never happens because you don't pray for that. When was the last time you prayed, God, put somebody in my life that needs to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. And then give me the words to say what they need to hear about you. That would be so inconvenient, somebody just knocking on my door and saying, God sent me to your house. It's Sunday afternoon. Could you come back later? Or would you talk to him about Jesus? If God sends you an angel and you've been praying, and God sends you an angel and says, go to New Life Church and go talk to the pastor about my, your salvation. Do you go or do you not listen to the angel? Cornelius listened to the angel. Him and his household got saved. 
saved. Their lives were changed forever. Dale came to church and the, the angel of God just kept telling Dale, stay there, just stay there, just stay there until you get it. And then he got it. And now he's in, in heaven with Jesus. There's no pain for Dale, nor guilt, nor shame, no fear, no doubt, no Honda. Do you answer the door if somebody comes to you and says, tell me about Jesus? Do you answer the door? If you've prayed for God's will in your life, you always answer the door. Listen, I'm a pro-word guy. I love the Bible. This thing's my life. But it's telling me a story about two men who prayed and were brought together because they prayed. And it's telling me that if I pray, that God's gonna send somebody into my life to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And my job then is to share who Jesus is because Jesus is the hero of my story. And it's funny how we'll spend years studying the word of God and moments in prayer. Small moments in prayer. I've heard this from pastors throughout my whole history and I didn't really get it until the last couple of years. And they've all said the same thing. If I could go back and do it over again, I would spend at least as much time in prayer as I do in the word of God. Now I'm talking about pastors. I know some of you got real jobs and you got families and you don't have 14 hours to spend in prayer. But some of you expect me to spend more time with you than you do in prayer, than me in prayer. If I could go back and do it over again, New Life, 27 years ago, I would have prioritized prayer in my life. Because I believe there's people out there that are calling upon God saying, somebody needs to help me. And I could have made that connection, but I can't make that connection if I don't pray. I wonder how different your life would be, Christian, if you spent more time in prayer in your life who God would have sent you to sent to you where God would have sent you what you would have experienced if you just said God here I am send me Max Licato said our prayers may be awkward our attempts may be feeble but since the power of prayer is in the one who hears it not in the one who says it our prayers do make a difference it's not in the one who prays it. It's the one we're praying to. John Wesley said, God does nothing but by prayer. And he does everything with it. There's a supernatural power that takes the word of God and moves it to a whole other level when we pray. Someone in this room has been praying for direction. God, what do I do? And God sent you here. And I want to open that door, but you got to come to the door. 
I want to let you in and have a conversation with you about your questions that you have about God. But you've got to listen to the angel and come and knock on the door. Christian, listen to me. Don't get so caught up in your own little world. Your, your prayerlessness makes your world so small that you don't open it up to other places and other people that you never thought you'd meet like Dale McGinnis. I know some of you only because of you, your prayer to God and then you came here and I began to teach you what the Bible says and you began to receive it and you began to be changed in your life and we began to have a relationship with each other and we never would have met if it wasn't for you praying. I never would have met Steph. I never would have met Carrie. I never would have met Mark or Barbara. I'm just picking the ones that I can see on the front row. So don't get offended if I don't mention your name. Who would God put in your life if you would just say, God, I'm open to sharing your gospel. God, bring some people in my life that need help. There's somebody that wants to commit suicide. Bring them in. Wouldn't you want to save somebody who wants to commit suicide today? Wouldn't you want to see them not do that? And to find peace and joy and love in Jesus Christ? But you got to open the door. What's on the other side of that door is a bunch of Romans and servants and they're not the people that you're normally around. And if you're one of those people that's not normal and you're, and you're coming to knock on the door, know that you might be a little shocking to us. I was raised on Walton's Mountain. I didn't know that people had the problems that they have. I started pastoring really broken people and I was like shocked that people are this messed up. But that's who the gospel impacts. Those who feel lost. If the angel said to you, I'll answer your prayer, but go find Andy the pastor. He's in Astoria, Oregon, right next to Fultano's Pizza. He's pastoring with Angelo Showerman, a counselor. And he'll share Jesus with you. Would you come? Because I'll open the door. You want relationship with me? I'll open the door. There are other Christians in this room. Would you open the door if somebody came to you and said, tell me about Jesus? My life's a mess. Let me tell you something, church. They're not going to be perfect people. There's a reason why they need Jesus because they've been good people but experiencing ungood things but they need Jesus let's let's pray let's stand please There's a hymn that I was singing this week.
I don't know how many people know it, but it's called Sweet Hour of Prayer. So one thing I love about older believers who used to write these songs, these hymns, they didn't think it was a bad thing to say Sweet Hour of Prayer. But when was the last time, Christian, that you spent an hour in prayer? You don't understand, Pastor. We're so much busier today. That might be the problem. The hymn goes like this. Sweet hour of prayer, sweet hour of prayer that calls me from a world of care. And bids me at my Father's throne, makes all my wants and wishes known. In seasons of despair and grief, my soul has often found relief, and oft escaped the tempter's snare by thy return, sweet hour of prayer. How many problems in our life could be solved if we just prayed? How many people could we help if we just prayed? How many angels are waiting to come tell you what to do for your next steps? And how many people that the angels have sent are coming to your door who are waiting for you to open the door, but you're not praying to open the door? Sweet hour of prayer. Let's pray. The worship team comes up to the platform. Father, I don't know in fact, I never know if anything just absolutely makes sense to people. But I'm thankful that you gave me a father that prayed for me. And I'm thankful for those like Simo Naha and Sam Hess who opened the doors to me when I had questions about God. And I thank you for Robbie Bergerson, who just was a testimony of faith in Jesus Christ and taught me what it was like to be a Christian in an unchristian place. I'm thankful for the pastors in my life, Marvin McKenzie, who opened up his door to share Jesus with me in a deeper way. And I'm thankful for those in this room, Lord God, who have trusted me with their hour that they've got some questions. And there are people in this room that can answer those questions. But we've got to be praying so that we can open that door so we understand what you're trying to do through us. I don't know what these people have prayed through the week. I don't know what they've been praying for. But we want to be the answers to the questions. We want to give them those answers. His name is Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We want to be a church that has, has an open door policy to people who have questions about God. They just need to realize there's an angel that's been talking to them about coming and hearing having their questions answered. And you sent them to this place. 
a church pastored by Pastor Andy Roberts in a building next to Fultano's Pizza. And there you'll find Mark Acuna and Barbara Acuna and Berlin and Sharon Munson and Angelo and Anya Showerman and Joey and Christine and Derek and Cassie and so many others. And Father, you've sent them here. Help them to obey the angel's voice and come knock on the door and give us the words to say that are your words, not our words, and your ways, not our ways. Because they're looking for you, Jesus. They're looking for you. They're not looking for me. Dale didn't need me. I needed him. But he needed you. Tim and Misty didn't need me. They needed you. Those 25 men did not need me. They needed you. And you changed their lives. You made a difference. And you'll make a difference today. We need you, Jesus. With heads bowed and eyes closed. How many of you have been praying for God to help you in whatever way? Just be honest with me. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Hands raised. I've been praying to God to help me. I need help. I can't do it on my own. I need God's help. How many of you, now heads, go put your hands down real quick. How many of you have been praying, God, I want to help people. I want to help them. You got to open the door. You got to open the door. You got to let them in. They may not be perfect people, but they're wanting, they're sent to you on purpose. God wants to answer your prayers, but you got to pray. So let's do this. Heads bowed, eyes closed. If you need to leave something at the altar, you need to say, God, I need some help. I know you've sent me here. An angel's been speaking to me about something. Come to this altar. An angel's been speaking to me. Come to the door. Come to the door. And if you've been asking God to send someone your way, come and pray. Come on, come and pray. Come toward the door is. Come out of your comfort zone. Step out and say, God, here I am, send me. God, here I am, send me. God, here I am, send me. I want to hear that prayer from the platform. God, here I am, send me. I'll open the door. If you send them to me, I'll open the door. If you send them my way, I'll open the door.
If you've got questions you need answers to, listen to the angel. He sent you here on purpose. He sent you here on purpose. No, I just randomly chose new life. You did not. An angel sent you here. Because there's somebody in this place that's going to open the door to you and help you understand who Jesus Christ is. You say, well, I'm too embarrassed to get the answer. Too embarrassed to find out that Jesus loves you? This I know for the Bible tells me so. You prayed and asked God to help you. Now we're trying to help you. You've got to come. Again, with heads bowed and eyes closed, I don't mean to keep saying that over again, but I don't want to embarrass anybody. If you're here today and you do not know Christ as your Savior, would you be honest with me and say, I, I don't know Jesus, but I've been asking how to know him? Heads bowed, eyes closed. You've been asking how to know him. Let me see your hand. Is there anyone? That means we've got a room filled with people who know Christ is their Savior, meaning we've got to be the people that open the door. Because you can't tell me there isn't a world out there that is desperately in need of Jesus Christ. There are young women that are thinking about committing suicide because they have no other way out, and their only hope is Jesus Christ. There are teenagers that are struggling with their lives. They're wondering, if this is all there is, why do I continue on? And we can tell them that Jesus will make it better. But you got to come when the angel speaks. Let's sing something. Let's sing with a congregation, as a congregation. His presence today. you that he sent his only begotten son to die on the cross to pay for our sins that's how much he loves you but you've got to listen to the angel and come and hear the truth that you can be saved yourself
glory. praying you've been asking God to help you he sent you here to hear about Jesus Christ you need to open the door of your heart to him and if you're a Christian today have you been praying for God to send somebody your way to share the gospel with that should be our first prayer of the week God put people in my path that need to know Jesus Christ you'll be covered with people who are desperate for Jesus but you've got to pray You'll never get that connection until you open your world up beyond yourself and say, God, open, open my life up to others. You'll be amazed who enters your life and the difference that you can make in theirs with Jesus Christ. Father, we love you. Encourage our hearts. Thank you for this congregation. Father, I thank you for those that are claiming Christ as their Savior today. Help us to open the door to those who don't know him. We love you in Jesus we pray. And all God's people said, Please be seated for just a second. Just one second. My beautiful wife has got announcements. And I'm going to stay up with her because she's hot. <laughs> she makes me look better. And he's handsome. <laughs> okay, so the first thing I want to go over is this Thursday, we want to invite all of you to come to our first Thursday. We're having a potluck. We do communion. We have some worship. We have teaching and prayer. So you're all invited. Just bring something uh, for the potluck also. Bring your smiley selves. <laughs> That's this Thursday. And the food's at awesome. At 6 o'clock here at New Life. <laughs> and the food is really These good. These women can cook in this church. <laughs> and if there's a man that's cooking, I did not mean to offend you, but I just haven't seen your food yet. And then I also want to announce that we are going to have a sixth grade girls Bible study. Only sixth grade girls, all right? And that's going to be every other Sunday starting on January 28th. Charlotte Robinson will yeah, be Yeah, give her a hand. That. Amen. And we are so grateful for you, Charlotte, wherever you are. <laughs> And then lastly, if you're a secret sister and you're participating with us this month, stop by the info desk and see if you have a gift out there because that's where we're leaving all of our little blessings for you. Is that it? And that is it. That's our announcements. Let's, let's pray one, one last time. Father, I know you're saying something to someone today. 
that you're trying to give hope to those that are hopeless. That you're trying to give joy to those that are depressed and peace those that are in pain. But Father, we've got to pray. Give us a heart to pray. And then give us the heart to obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus. We love you. Encourage our hearts as we leave this place. In Jesus we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thanks for coming today, guys. God bless. Next week, Song of Solomon.